Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be starting um, at verse 20, going down through verse um, 30. But I think what I'm going to do is circle back and start around unofficially around verse 17, just to give a little bit of perspective uh, like we were talking about yesterday a little bit. So verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, this is Abraham, had received this promise from God, was in the act of offering up his only son. And the promise is that he was going to get a son, you know, and the only son as we said yesterday, refers to the, his, it was his only son at the time who was the son born according to the promise. And it was his only son that he had had um, Ishmael. Um, so it's not like he didn't have another son, but that Ishmael's mother um was a slave. You know, it wasn't Sarah. So um, it was, and his other son, Ishmael, wasn't born according to the promise. So it was his only unique son that he, um, from the promise of God. So, um, and of course, um, God had promised him this son, but uh, he had sort of gone on his own way to try to get a son earlier, um, you know, kind of, before God's promise was going to come to him. So he ends up getting another son through this slave woman, but he was he what he was too impatient. But even though he was an older man and Sarah was an older woman, you know, when she when they conceived this son, it was, you know, it sort of defied their own wisdom. They weren't, you know, at that point they didn't wait on God's promise. But nevertheless, God blessed him with this promised son. And so, but it was by faith um, he had offered up Isaac, who had received the promises, was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Okay, verse 19, he considered that God was able to even 
was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Now, this is just important, and I just want to wanted to specifically circle back on this because I just it gave me so much peace when I was reading this. It's so encouraging because you know when you think about it, have you ever had to give somebody up to the Lord? Has somebody close to you ever passed away and you just had to give them up to the Lord? Or you know somebody that has to, or you have to give up something in your life to the Lord. Maybe something, maybe it's not a person, maybe it's something in your life. But I'm specifically, my heart was specifically dwelling on, have you ever had to give up somebody really that's meant so much to you? To the Lord. Well, this is what Abraham had to do. You know, God was testing him and he gave up Isaac to the Lord. And when he did this, um, he was doing this in faith because he considered that God would be able to raise him from the dead. Now, he didn't have a lot of theology, and he didn't know. Uh, he was sort of under pressure, and he had to, he had to make a decision. But in the heat of the moment, what he thought of was, all right, this is what I need to do, but I'm trusting that God can raise him from the dead. And so, figuratively, God did give him back. You know, he did receive him back. Um, but it's something that we can be encouraged of also as we walk our walk. Sometimes in in great sorrow, when we have to feel like we're, in a sense, having to give up somebody to the Lord. If somebody passes away, what great consolation here is that you can feel the example that Abraham did when he was giving up his son. And it's like that. It's like God says, you know what, I'm sovereign over this. I can receive this child from you, and I'll take care of you. And yes, I can raise them from the dead. And so it's. I think it's just. Um, I think it's just a comforting example, and it's a comforting example of the willingness to sacrifice your own son. That's the 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 love that God has for each one of us. Um is displayed in God's love for us that he he offers up Jesus Christ uh for us um for our sins but it's with this understanding that even goes back to Abraham that he can raise up his own son from the dead and he's showing you that he can raise up you from the dead and it also goes back to Abraham's faith that Abraham in his mind, believe that God could raise his own son from the dead. And it should go fast forward to us that we have that assurance that whoever we feel like we're, we've lost, and it's not a loss because God can raise them from the dead too. And that, that experience of watching someone else pass or possibly passing 
is like that same test that Abraham went through. You know, he's having to understand on one level God's love for us, but on another level, the fact that death cannot hold God back. Death cannot separate any one of us from God. And getting his son back was simply God's word. So I thought that was just a beautiful analogy there. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So now uh, Isaac was the son that Abraham's offering up on the altar here. Uh, and, you know, McGee says, Bible doesn't really say much about Isaac other than he was a very willing child. You tell him to go dig a ditch, he go digs a ditch. You tell him to, you know, grab a sheep and let's go up on a hill, he grabs the sheep. You know, you tell him to get on the altar, and he gets on the altar. Now, the Bible doesn't go into everything, but it does paint this picture that Isaac was a very willing child. And that was his... Um, he invoked his blessing on his father by his willingness, by his willingness to do his father's will. So Abraham kind of models the love of God for us, and Isaac kind of models the love of Jesus Christ back for the Father. Isn't that interesting? That in one sense, Isaac was willing to lay down his own life for the will of his father, Abraham, just like it, for, it, it, it paints a picture of Jesus Christ willing to lay down his life for us for the will of his father. Of course, Jesus magnifies it even more, but I just think these parallels uh, were really really good uh, and, and inspiring and interesting. So then, then you get, um, and Isaac being willing to lay down his life for the will of his father, also um, Isaac conferred a blessing on Esau. Now Esau was his brother. Uh, Esau didn't deserve that kind of a blessing from Isaac, but Isaac not only was willing to lay down his life for uh, the will of his father, he's willing to let his life be a blessing to his son Esau, just like the Lord Jesus was willing to lay down his life for the will of his father, but also to bless all of us who don't deserve that sacrifice, just like Esau wouldn't deserve the sacrifice that Isaac was willing to make. So uh, then you get uh, verse um, 21. Jacob, now Jacob was one of the sons of Isaac. Jacob, uh, when dying, blessed each of his, the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So let me just circle back just a minute. Uh, I, I made an analogy. Abraham was sort of like the love of God 
uh, willing to, to give up his only son. Isaac was sort of like Jesus in, in his willingness to lay down his life to do the will of the Father. And also Isaac was sort of like Christ in that his willingness that his blessing would um, be a blessing uh, to uh, his children, Jacob and Esau. I, I said I thought I said Esau was his brother, but Esau and Jacob were Isaac's sons. And so that's sort of like, again, paralleling the love of Christ um, for um, uh, his willingness to lay down his life for all of us who didn't deserve it. And um, um, just like Isaac's blessing would, would bless his children, just like Jesus Christ's blessing would bless all of the subsequent children, all of us. Okay, so um, then we get um, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So Jacob and Esau, which are Isaac's sons, um, Jacob, McGee says, was kind of a rascal. He was a deceiver. He was always one conniving and doing things. Um, uh, Esau, again, was sort of the uh, son born to the slave woman. Jacob was sort of the the son that was um, born to... um... Oh, let me correct. Jacob and Esau were both Isaac's sons, um, but... um... Esau was kind of the hunter, and Isaac was just uh, a fellow who was always sort of a conniving kind of a guy. So um, he uh, deceived his father Isaac uh, um, for his birthright early um, and sort of got it away from from Esau. And, um, you know, on his deathbed... um, He was, he was, uh, or later on in his life, he was also uh, deceived. Because, as I remember, his some of his sons were deceived him to tell him that Joseph had been killed when he hadn't. So uh, Jacob was kind of a work in progress, um, and so um, he blessed the sons of Joseph. Um, and I think it, it, um, God, um, the, the, the writer of this is, is talking about Jacob, um, just the kind of person he was, just a deceiver, um, through his life. But when he was dying, he was blessing his children through his, um, faith and actions. Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of, did many things. You know, he he was the fellow who got his uh, coat of many colors, um, you know, from his father. And um, he had uh, many Christ-like attributes. You know, he was um, put in a pit uh, by his brothers uh, because they were jealous of him, and it's almost like Christ going in down into the grave. Um, he had, you know, he was a dreamer. He had all these dreams and visions. 
um, he was uh, this coat of many colors sort of elevated him uh, over his brothers, um, like Christ was elevated uh, among men. And then uh, eventually uh, he goes into the pit and he comes out. He's sold into slavery, but he 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 uh, gets made to be uh, a king or like a king-like figure over people. He brought bread to the people, um, just like Jesus brought bread. Uh, McGee went into a lot of different attributes that um, Joseph had many Christ-like attributes. And so um, he um, gave directions uh, concerning his bones um, at the end of his life because he was looking forward to a new... um, to a new citizenship in a new promised land. And so Christ was also um, giving hope for a new uh, citizenship in his own kingdom. So many things um, parallel uh, those lives there. Verse 23, by faith, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So Moses was ref- Moses is by faith he uh, refused to be um, identified with uh, with sinful people. He would, would rather be mistreated with the people of God. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. He had all the tangible things of sin right there in front of him, but he considered Christ. So... It's it's almost my study Bible was saying it's like a, a model for Christians to endure to endure things because of considering Christ greater wealth than treasures right in front of you and so and again Moses didn't know Christ but Moses understood God and so in that sense uh, it's interesting that the writer here in Hebrews is saying in a sense Moses understood um understood how important faith was and how important uh Christ aspect part of God is uh which um allows us to access God and so in that sense um Christ would suffer for the nation of Israel, he suffered also for the nation of Israel. And he for he was looking to the reward. So he was he was considering his sufferings nothing compared to being able to be um in the presence of God. Verse 27 By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So in other words, Moses depended Moses depended on God. Him who is invisible is God. Moses endured. 
By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. So he kept this Passover. He kept God's law. He kept God's commandments. And by doing so, um, he kept God's promise for uh, for us. And um, this is like the faith that is required, um, foreshadowing like Jesus' faith requiring um, required for God's deliverance from death itself. And so that's the similar faith that Moses is foreshadowing. This is the faith in Jesus Christ that can deliver us from death too. So by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, verse 29. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. So by faith, he, he put his... Uh, faith into actions by actually crossing the sea. Can you imagine how much faith it would require in the heat of of, uh, being chased by an army and you could see them coming on the horizon and you got all these people who've been trusting you and all of a sudden you end up and you're at the you're at the Red Sea you're trapped and these people are bearing down they're coming to kill everybody and you know you're supposed to go down to the water's edge with a staff and cause the water to move. I mean, that took the faith. That wasn't like God's, you know, miracle zap that came down, you know, from heaven. It was Moses' faith. Okay? It was Moses' faith that helped those waters part. And it was by faith the people crossed the Red Sea. So he's he mentions Moses, but it's the people also crossed the Red Sea by Moses' faith. Moses' faith allowed these people to have to walk through these waters. That would be a scary thing to have water on either side of you. But when the Egyptians were going to do that, uh, perhaps it was their own pride that says, well, if these slaves can do it, we can do it too. And they were drowned. Because they didn't have faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. So this is more of a community kind of faith. Because, well, Joshua was the general. but um, And it's possibly a reference to Joshua's faith. But it was also the faith of all his soldiers as they were doing what God commands. Just like the faith of the people crossing the Red Sea. They were doing what God was commanding as well. So this was the impact of a person on um, look at what people can do. Look what Moses' faith inspired the people to do. They crossed the Red Sea in faith. Look what General Joshua did. By his faith, he inspired his soldiers to help bring down the walls of, of Jericho itself. So we've looked at a lot of different examples of faith so far. This is the Hall of Faith. And so I hope... This is helpful to you and encouraging to you as your walk today. Look how precious your faith is. So many aspects of your life depend on your faith to do the will of God, to please God, to carry out His plan and purposes for you and for 
everyone around you. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, take it away. And for all of you, keep your heart centered on Christ. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 20 all the way to verse 30. And um, this chapter is known as the Hall of Faith, as we have different individuals who are a representation of faith. So we have come to um, Abraham's son Isaac in verse 20, and verse 20 of Hebrews chapter 11 reads, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So here there is very little that's said concerning Isaac. You know, uh, Dr. Javier McGee pointed out Isaac's life was, you know, not as colorful. And, you know, especially when we contrast it to his father Abraham, you know, there's more that's actually said about um, Abraham. So what characterized Isaac was his willingness. So, you know, by faith, Isaac, when he was grown, his father Abraham offered him on the altar and um, we have Isaac blessed his sons by faith so Isaac was you know he was a well digger by profession he used to dig wells if it was taken away by you know one of his enemies he would just go ahead and dig another well and the thing that characterized him is willingness so he was willing to bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come Verse 21 of Hebrews 11 goes on to read, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. So here we have the worship of faith. So we have the willingness of faith in Isaac and in Jacob. Here we have the worship of faith. So both Jacob and Isaac did constitute the same thing that constituted their father Abraham. They had faith. So Jacob lived a life of faith in relationship to his father Isaac and to his son Joseph. And, um, you know, to his grandsons, which is made clear um, in the one thing that's picked out of his life here, you know, is when he was dying, you know, we could see his faith. So it's at the end of Jacob's life that we can say he is a man of faith and at this time he blessed his grandsons um, the sons of Joseph and he worshipped leaning on the top of his staff so we have here Jacob you know his life you know he's leaning on his staff when he worshipped because he was crippled because um, he wrestled with God and he got crippled so you know there are several things that can actually be said concerning Jacob you know, he found that faith and worshipped at the end of his life. And you find a lot of people tend to do that at the, towards the end of their lives. You know, they would say, for example, they live a very crooked life, you know, like Jacob. And then, you know, they tend to find their faith. So despite him being old, he didn't want to die. He still wanted to keep moving forward. So the things that characterized um, his life concerning, you know, the life of Jacob. So we have an illustration of the nature of human beings which is revealed here, that we are saved by grace, and Jacob was saved by grace. Jacob would not 
have been saved. He would have been lost if it wasn't for God's grace. So he had no human merit. And that's the picture we have today, you know, of our lives today. People tend to want to live, you know, shortcuts in life and don't have that particular merit. So before the children, you know, Jacob and Esau were born, there was a struggle within their mother's womb. So, you know, Jacob, even at uh, prenatal, the prenatal time before he was born, um, he was resting and trying to get the upper hand. So at the time of the birth, of, 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 of the birth, he came out last and he still, you know, he was still struggling and it held onto his brother's heel. And he was, um, you know, a heel grabber all his life. You know, he always tried to just come out on top. And that's um, at natal care where he was born and grabbing his, his, his brother's heel. So Jacob was a deceiver. He was a rascal. And that's at postnatal care. But God did transform his life later on. So in the life of Jacob, we have faith in relationship to his father. So he was a deceiver. And God had promised him the blessings. And, you know, he was in a hurry. He couldn't wait. And he took it in a deceptive way. And um, then there is faith in relation to his son, Joseph. So he was deceived here. And he wasn't the deceiver. So Jacob... If, uh, you know, um, if we look at his life, you know, we go back to his life. He left home and he was homesick and he spent, you know, the night in Bethel. And, you know, but, you know, no change had actually taken place in his life. So he got um, down with his uncle Laban and um, he was still using, you know, his wits and God stopped him. And he wrestled with God. And when he got back to the land at um, the Brook Jabba, he got crippled. Um, you know, God crippled him. He got crippled in order to um, actually get him. So the sin Jacob committed came to him in Joseph. Um, you know, all the sins, you know, it's, it's, it's just like they're accumulating, you know, all the debts. They accumulated. So Joseph's brothers sold him off because Joseph was uh, the youngest son of Jacob and he was the beloved son. So his brothers sold him off and they bloodied his coat of many colors um, and, you know, took it to Jacob to show him like, oh, is this your son's coat? So the way in which he deceived, he was now being deceived in relationship, you know, in relationship of the son of his son Joseph the way he deceived his father Isaac so the sin of the father are visible upon the children now so now we see faith in relationship to his grandsons Manasseh and Ephraim so the sons of Joseph and this is what is actually picked out in this particular um, epistle you know as his faith um, so at the end of his life by faith he blessed his um, sons, the son, his grandsons, the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped. So he had been crippled. That's why he was actually leaning on the staff. So it's at the end of his life that we get to see this faith, this real faith, and he gets to worship. You know, all along he had actually lived, you know, um, with all those sins. The sins he had actually committed were coming back to actually, you know, get to him. But at the end of the life, you know, God can actually transform somebody, no matter how bad. So there is. 
is no blessing in the life of Jacob. It's just sin and crookedness. And um, no blessing can ever um, eventuate from sin, obviously. So that's why there's no blessing. So God can take any life and straighten it out. Where there is confusion, if there is faith anchored in Christ, it's what establishes us to lay hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith operated in Jacob's life, which came to the end of his life. So that faith came at the end of his life when he actually blessed his grandsons Manasseh and Ephraim. So verse 22 of Hebrews chapter 11 goes on to read, By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. So here, you know, there is a contrast, a very big contrast to Jacob's life, um, you know, jo between Joseph's life and Jacob's life. So there, you know, in, in, in Joseph's life, there are no flaws or faults. In his life, he's a man elevated to high position in a foreign court and there is no one in the Old Testament who is more a type of jesus christ than joseph so you know a few highlights of you know that he's a type of jesus christ a few highlights here are pointed out so he was um the beloved son as was jesus christ so he had a coat of many colors which set him apart from his uh brethren giving him a lordship over his brothers um, you know, as was the Lord Jesus Christ, so he had a vision, and his brothers thought he was a dreamer, and Jesus Christ came with a message that they thought he was a dreamer as well. So he obeyed his father, and the Lord Jesus Christ had come to do the father's will. So he was also obeying his father. His brothers hated him, and Jesus Christ came unto his own, and his own received him not. The father sent him to seek his brothers. And Jesus Christ came to earth seeking the lost. So he found them in the field and they were uh, shepherds and shepherds by night came when the Lord Jesus Christ was actually born. The brothers mocked Joseph and refused him and the same happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. They plotted to kill him and you know this analogy is actually it follows through with the Lord Jesus Christ. So he was sold into slavery and Jesus Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver. His coat was dipped in blood and, you know, the vesture of the Lord Jesus Christ was gambled for with his blood on it. He was uh, sold into Egypt and God raised him up to save the world. And Jesus Christ died to save us all. Jew, Gentile, he died to save us all. He was tempted by the world of flesh and the devil, um tempted the lord jesus christ as well so he became a savior of the gentile world and jesus christ came to seek and save all of us jew or gentile so while on the throne he gave bread and the people you know he gave bread sorry to the people and the lord jesus christ did the same as well so he got a gentile bride in egypt and jesus christ is calling people out of this world to his name so we have the coming of the sons of Jacob down and Joseph knows them and he makes himself known to them and someday the Lord Jesus Christ will make himself known to his own brethren so Joseph had faith in the dream given faith in 
you know, the pit he was actually placed in, faith in Egypt. And at the end of his life, he was not satisfied with Egypt. So he, his bones were taken out and put in the land. You know, as scripture says here in verse 23, says, By faith, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning them. So he was not satisfied with Egypt. Verse 23 goes on to read, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So now here, you know, we move way down to Moses' time. So the children of Israel are in Egypt now and Moses you know had godly parents who were willing to actually take a stand and uh, you know Moses begins faith uh, Moses begins faith you know to be born like he, his faith begins at birth so verse 24 of Hebrews 11 goes on to read by faith Moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter so you know, now we see the work of faith here in Moses. So he was brought up in Pharaoh's palace with all the beautiful things and luxuries. And, you know, he would have been the next Pharaoh. Um, but uh, we have, you know, faith. We see here he has a faith to choose the right. And that's what he did. He has, you know, the faith to choose where he belongs. So scripture goes on to read in verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. So here he saw, you know, Christ's day and rejoiced, you know, just as his great great grandfather Abraham had seen, you know, the reward. And he rejoiced. Verse 27 goes on to read, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So, you know, he has faith to act, and faith leads to action. So God saves without works. The faith that saves produces works. So if you have faith in God and obey God, you will produce works because faith um, leads to action. It leads to works. Verse 28 goes on to read, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch him. So here, faith to obey God as God said to do this. And he they actually did that, so they believed in God. Verse 29 goes on to read, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned so here the children of Israel here they had no faith you know when they got to the Red Sea they were like oh you know what's going to happen to us let's just go back to Egypt we made a mistake by leaving Egypt um, and it was Moses' faith that the waters actually opened and they marched over to the other side it wasn't their faith it was Moses' faith he had that much faith and conviction in the Lord Jesus Christ so verse 30 goes on to read, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. So here now we have moved to the time you know, of Joshua and we have the watch of faith. 
So he Joshua kept his eyes on the Lord, and he, you know, we have he believed in the Lord, and the Lord told him to circle the walls of Jericho seven times, and he believed that, and the walls of Jericho fell. So this is a chapter that has the whole of faith, and um, it's very interesting actually. Um, the different um, aspects of faith from these um, different people and you know the way the writer actually picks out the highlights the different um, the different um, you know times in the people's lives of faith the way he picks out um, the time of Jacob you know it was um, Jacob's walk of faith, you know, at the end of his life um, is when, um, you know, he blesses, um, he blesses um, Joseph's, uh, his grandson's, Joseph's kids. That's Esau and Ephraim and um, he's leaning on a staff, which is, uh, you know, an amazing picture. And yeah, so yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. You know, keep your faith and your eyes on the Lord. God bless and bye-bye.